Good. <laughs> Devin uh, said before we start, right when I hit live. So, hey, good man. morning, good afternoon, and good night. That was all planned, you know, before we start. Just kidding. Coming at you live. Welcome back to the Makeshift Managers podcast, guys. If you can't read, the AFC West, we're uh, going into the AFC best, in my opinion. Austin, this is a hell of a division. Am I wrong? Welcome to the slaughterhouse that is not only the AFC in general, but the AFC West. It, uh, it's gonna, the parents, if your kids are watching, you might want to monitor the situation. It could get really ugly really fast. And I don't just mean my face. So put on your pants, hold, hold on to your butt, strap, strap in your seat belts. Any other analogy that needs to get you ready for this ride we're about to go on, that is the AFC West. Look, I posted last night on who was going to win the AFC West. And I I could go back and count every vote if I really wanted to. But every single team in this division got a decent amount of votes. And I'm not saying that because, you know, homers came in and were like, my team's going to win the division Every single team we're about to go through has legitimate shot to win this division. No matter the way you cut it. Do you agree? Yeah, this is, this is for lack of better terms, I, ca- I call stuff a bar fight a lot of the time. This is the first time the AFC West has a shot to have, like, f- technically we could have three. Uh, I expect three playoff teams coming out of this year from the AFC West. If there was a possibility for four, I wouldn't be surprised. This is a division where all four teams can finish with a record above 500. It's it's genuinely scary being a Chargers fan rolling into the season this year, regardless of how much improvement we've seen in the offseason. Yeah, so let's just get into it. We're going to start at the bottom. We're going to start with the Denver Broncos, who finished 7-10 and 10 last year, losing four straight to end the season. So they were 7-6 and six at one point. Had an okay shot to make the playoffs. Could have slipped into that wild card, but kind of just fell off towards the end with the exact problem that we were talking about with them all season, and it was the quarterback position. It was the Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater show. Nothing against Teddy Bridgewater, but he could hold down the fort to an extent, but Javante Williams was not going to get the team there. Their defense was really good with Pat Sertain and plenty of other guys killing it. Um but this team just couldn't get over that hump. And they did exactly what they needed to do in the offseason. They traded for Russell Wilson. They got Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick back in this previous draft. They sent away Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, Drew Locke. Uh, three picks in 2022 and two more picks in 2023. A first and a second 2023. So leveraging a little bit of their future to try and win in the now. In the slaughterhouse that is not only their division, but the... AFC in general, full of elite quarterbacks. If you don't have an elite quarterback in this side of the conference, you're not going to make it past the first round, it feels like. You're going to face elite talent in the first round all the way until you get to the Super Bowl, whoever you have to face in the NFC. Um, Look, the Broncos, they really uh, caught my eye when they beat the shit out of Dallas, I'll be honest. When the Broncos walked into that game, I was like... We're going to beat them. We're an offensive powerhouse. We're going to do it. And then they were up like, what, 30 to nothing, 30 to seven or something yeah. like that. They whipped Got their ugly ass. Quick. Got ugly really quick. And, you know, Cowboys made it, you know, somewhat of a reasonable score to finish off. But 
this team did exactly what they uh, needed to do. They also got some signings too that, you know, I kept my notebook way off to the side for some reason. So I don't know why I would do something stupid like that, but they slid Randy Gregory away from the Cowboys on a five-year deal. They got Alex Singleton. They improved that defense a little more. Um, they got Javante Williams. Did they bring back Melvin Gordon? I can't remember. Melvin Gordon did come back on a uh, one-year contract, maybe two-year deal. So the, the offense is relatively unchanged, uh, besides the fact that they're going to be healthier. With uh, Cortland Sutton was healthy last year. Tim Patrick went – or no, K.J. Hamler went out with a knee injury. The receiving well, is- should be back. Is Jerry Judy playing football this year? Last thing I heard, he got arrested. I haven't heard anything since. I wouldn't be surprised if he was back on the field. I'm not sure what the details on that were. Um, If Jerry Judy is on the field, this is probably one of the deeper receiver rooms, at least in the AFC, in terms of top-end talent. Obviously, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Tim Patrick are not Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. But then again, what are Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf without Russell Wilson? So I think Russell yeah. Wilson, for lack of better terms, is one of the best floor raisers for any team in the NFL. Um, because last year, Teddy Bridgewater, as you stated, he was the prime candidate for most consistent floor stabilizer of any quarterback in the NFL. You weren't going to win 10, 15 games with Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterback, but you're not going to crater into a cavernous like 3-12 and 12 season with the Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback. Um, looking at the roster, this this Broncos team, genuinely, uh, I think they're just going all in in the same way they did whenever they got Peyton Manning on the roster. Obviously, Peyton Manning, at the point in his career, comparatively to Russell Wilson, he was a bit older, had a bit more miles. Obviously, he had his MVP year in Denver. Peyton's a far better quarterback all time than Russell Wilson ever will be. So it's apples to oranges, but it's the same blueprint. This is a Denver defense that has been built to win since I don't know when. I don't think this Denver defense has been bad since like 2015 at this point. They were winning a Super Bowl that year. Well, so, so they're they're kind of in the middle of the two teams you mentioned, right? You had Peyton Manning's MVP season where he yeah. threw a fuck ton of touchdowns. And yeah, 50 I, touchdowns. They, I think they lost the conference championship that year or they lost divisional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that you have the old Peyton Manning who – Kept the team going to an extent, but the defense got them all the way there, destroyed Carolina. It feels like they are in the middle of those two teams. Their defense is not as elite as that Super Bowl winning defense. And Russell Wilson is not going to be this MVP throw 600 touchdowns Peyton Manning. And I think that's fine. I think they're right in the middle of those two teams. I don't think they're going to fall over to one extreme or the other. I don't know if it's going to be enough to win their division with this kind of competition around them just in their division alone playing six games against the Raiders, the chargers and the chiefs. Um, somebody uh, showed me their schedule and um, yeah, I have pulled up right here, like eight games, I think. And the I only think. game that I, that that person didn't pick them to win was over Indy. I think they can beat Indianapolis, um, I but think I think nine and eight. Yeah. It'd be a good game, though. From week one until week... So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. For the first nine uh, weeks of the season, I think they should be favored to win six of those games. Um, it's a relatively... E- it's a, it's a relatively easy schedule for the Broncos this year after having such a bad season comparatively to their uh, counterparts. 
I think they have like the 15th strongest schedule in all of the league, which is a uh, far cry from the other teams in this division. If I'm correct, looking at the uh, data I pulled up earlier, um, in terms of strength of schedule from hardest schedule to least hard, it goes KC, Las Vegas, LA Chargers, Denver Broncos. Denver sitting around 15 in terms of strength of schedule. KC and the Vegas Raiders are like five and six, and I think the Chargers sit around like 10. So Denver has an inherent advantage in terms of the strength of schedule coming into the year. Obviously, that can change with a moment's notice. Injuries happen. Teams overachieve or underachieve, regardless of how we prognosticate. Um, but the thing about this Denver team is defensively little has changed. Obviously, Von Miller got traded in the middle of last season. But if we're looking at the roster, they're still pretty damn stout. They actually took away one of the Cowboys' big pieces in this free agent class in uh, Randy Gregory, correct? They yes. pried him away yeah. from you guys. They gave him the same exact five-year deal we gave him, but I think there was less restrictions. Oh, gotcha. Restri like, it, it's that I could get into it. I, from what I heard, Jerry Jones put restrictions on Randy Gregory in terms of doing things i think outside of football itself i'm not 100 percent sure and i think the broncos offered him the same exact contract where we're basically like do whatever the fuck you want i could be wrong and i'm willing to be corrected if that's wrong but i that's the impression i got from what i had read when that happened and it's it's whatever you know randy gregory is a good pass rusher but we'll see yeah, because with Denver last year, the thing with them, and I think the most intriguing part of this Denver team, as I am a Chargers fan, I have implicit biases to myself. I can look at the numbers. I can look at the changes they've made. I can look at Russell Wilson being inserted into this offense, and I understand the upside. I get why this team is being touted as being a possible division winner, if not a Super Bowl hopeful. I don't know if I'm as high as a Super Bowl hopeful. I do think they're a contender for the playoffs possibly pushing for an AFC championship if everything goes right. Because Denver was by far the worst team in terms of just offensive team stats in this division. They ranked last in yards per game last year. Uh, passing yards, they were dead last. Rushing yards per game, they were first in the division, which I will give them credit for that. But QBR, dead last. Uh, they were sacked the most out of all the other teams in the AFC West. Had the second worst uh, third down percentage only in front of the Vegas Raiders. And they scored the least amount of points per game offensively of any of the teams but if you flip the side of the coin to defense they led in yards per game allowed rushing yards per game allowed and passing yards per game allowed allowed the lowest qbr to quarterbacks in their division they got the most sacks in the division and they allowed a higher third down percentage than vegas and kc but they were better than the chargers and they allowed the fewest points per game per game and we haven't seen a lot of shuffling within their defense. If I'm correct, they lost uh, one of the corners that they signed last year to a one-year deal, but they're still running out a unit where you have Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory, Justin Simmons is one of the uh, premier safeties in all of football. Uh, if you're big in the Madden rankings, he was a top 10 safety with their rankings coming out. Take that with a grain of salt. But Pat Sertain proved last year that he is a prime-time cornerback, and I expect him to improve in year two. And that's not even mentioning Ronald Darby and uh, Kareem Jackson playing the other corner and safety spot. They may be missing a big name like Vaughn Miller, but even waiting in the wings uh, at the uh, at the uh, so you got Randy Gregory, and then you've got Joey Josie Jewell. Uh, I like some of their linemen too. Their their ends and their uh, 
tackle uh, pieces for this defense are actually pretty solid. You got a guy in Jermont Jones who's a big body that I think can get to the quarterback consistently. And I'm just looking forward to seeing how this defense uh, actually materializes this year. Because a big problem they had last year, in my opinion, was they were constantly on the field. This was an offense that really couldn't get a lot of drives to go their way in terms of just uh, chunking together plays and continuing drives. You can see that in the data for their third down percentage. They were constantly killing drives. So... I have little questions about this defense. I think what they did last year can be repeated, especially if the offense can stay on the field and give the defense the breaks that they need. Um, Biggest questions on offense for me, the offensive line, because Russell Wilson's biggest problem in Seattle was the offensive line. He constantly had to be the improviser. He constantly had to make things on the fly. He was the guy that made stuff happen. My man was constantly running for his life. He was running for his life for a large chunk of this window. And if he gets time in the pocket and these other teams can't get to the quarterback, I think Russell Wilson is a very dangerous quarterback. But if he's getting hit and he's taking contact, we've seen that he isn't this Iron Man type. He's not going to get hit multiple times throughout a season and get back up. He has proven not to be fragile, but he is prone to injury when given the situation. And like most teams in the NFL today, if Russell Wilson is to miss time, If you thought it was bad in Seattle last year, it will be worse in Denver this year. Brett Brett Ripien and Josh Johnson are not break glass in case of emergency. This is not Mitch Trubisky in Buffalo. This isn't even, I forget his name, Chase Daniel for the Chargers. I, I, I don't trust any backup quarterback on this roster to even try and win me a game. We saw it two years ago whenever Pat Mahomes got knocked out of a game. Chad Henney was good enough to win a half of football. I don't think they have a half of football outside of Russell Wilson at the quarterback this year. And I think that matters. I think something interesting to think about is that Russell Wilson had some really good deep threats out in Seattle with DK and Tyler Lockett. Yeah. And now he, it's kind of shifting the gears of terms of he's going to have, um, I'm not going to say Sutton and Judy are better playmakers than DK and Tyler Lockett. I think they're, good short yardage guys. I think they're good playmakers with, you know, making plays on their own short passes type stuff. I just don't see the Russell Wilson airing out as much in the Denver offense. Now I don't know what to expect out of Nathaniel Hackett. That's a huge part of this. So I think Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams will be really good for Russell Wilson. Um, I know Rashad Penny had had a really good towards the end of the season, but for the most part, Chris Carson and all those guys weren't giving a whole lot to Russell Wilson. And yeah, of course he broke his finger, you know, in that Thursday night game and that sucks, but that's not really being fragile or taking a bad hit. That's just an unfortunate injury. Um, Currently I have Denver finishing third. That's not honestly finishing last in this division isn't a knock on a team at this point, but you always just got to get there. Of course, you know, I, I don't think anybody's going to pick Denver to be the Super Bowl champions just when you have Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, all these elite, you know, teams out in the AFC. But all you have to do is get there. Yeah. Anybody will be anybody on every, any given day. They have a great defense to do it. They've gotten their quarterback to do it now. They have the playmakers. If they're a healthy team, I think they can get there very easily. Um, it's just going to be 
it's going to be a dogfight. And I think they have a solid schedule. Um, they get their buy in week nine. And I usually like the um, week nine, 10, 11 buys because I think that's a solid cut right down the middle of your schedule, get a buy, you know, and they play the Jets and the uh, Jaguars go into their buy and get to play Tennessee. So they have to play one of the elite teams out of their buy. They'll be well rested. I don't know if Tennessee has the same buy, but if they don't, they get to go into Tennessee or host Tennessee. I don't remember which one with that sort of advantage in a sense. And I think that'll be really good for them. I hate early buys, really late buys. Mm, I think having that middle of the season buy is really good for them. Um, but it's really going to come down to what we're going to expect out of Hackett. It, that's, I think that's the biggest question mark for me is I really just don't know what to expect now. Like the O-line, yes, is going to be a little, um, questionable, but I think there are, there are weapons on the offense and Russ knows how to use his legs. He's still, you know, fairly healthy for the most part and hasn't taken big hits over the years, um, knows when to get out of bounds. So I think Russ is smart in sense of needing to run for his life. If he has to, I don't think he'll be doing it as much as he was in Seattle. Um, And he has the short yardage guys to be like, Hey, you know, I'm being chased five yards, you know, the Broncos biggest problem last season was keeping drives alive. I don't think that should be a problem for them this season. And I think that is a big enough solution to actually just, they were, they went seven and 10 last year with the carousel quarterbacks. That was leading them nowhere fast. So you give them a Super Bowl champion, all-pro quarterback, that for the first half of most seasons over the last half decade was an MVP candidate. So I, I, the, the offense is going to be a net positive regardless of really what happens as long as Russell Wilson can play 17 games. It's just going to be, for the Broncos, they can't beat themselves. Genuinely, if mm-hmm. they can't come out of the first nine weeks with five wins, it's going to be really hard to keep pace. Because this is not going to be a division that is won in week 12. This division is going to come down to probably week 15, 16, 17. And whoever didn't screw themselves out of it to begin with is going to have a shot in the end to actually win this division. Because it's the same thing that happened to the Chargers. There was plenty of games that they should have won last year that they just didn't pull out, and it cost them in the end. It's, it's the way this division is going to go. And it's the way yeah. that this division usually goes, especially whenever you have four teams that are fighting for like two to three spots. You can't win them all. So just be sure you win the ones where you should. Yeah. Speaking of the San Diego Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers. Formerly known as the San Diego Chargers. Where where do we start? Formerly known as Philip Rivers House of Children. Pain. House of Pain. House of Um, Pain. Los Angeles Chargers. If you can't tell by the lightning bolt on my cap, uh, big fan. Big fan. Long-time fan, first-time caller. Um, Nine and eight last year. This was the best and worst-case scenario for this roster. Um, Justin Herbert got thrust into a less-than-opportune situation his rookie year, and then we took that less-than-opportune situation and turned that into more wins than we fully expected coming into that year. We lucked into a guy in Rayshon Slater, then we won more games this year after that, and we got a guy in Zion Johnson. This is the best Chargers roster we have had since maybe the early uh, 2010s, late aughts San Diego Chargers. We have firepower everywhere. Justin Herbert is a top 10 quarterback, as is. Austin Eckler, depending on how you like your running backs, is easily a top 10 running back. 
Keenan Allen, for the majority of the last 10 years, has been a top 10 wide receiver. And if you don't like that, you don't like football. Uh, Mike Williams has cemented himself as a premier wide receiver, too. There are young guys on the perimeter and Joshua Palmer and Jalen Guyton that are going to be able to get open. We saw it last season. Herbert was throwing bombs to Guyton every other week, and they've signed specialty guys. DeAndre Carter is now on the roster. Wide receiver five on the depth chart, but an insane return man. He was doing big things out in uh, Washington last season. And you're saying, well, Devin, Jared Cook's going to be dropping 10 passes a week. You're damn right. So we got rid of him. Gerald Everett, starting tight end returning Donald Parham Jr. and Trey McKitty. Um, don't get me started on the offensive line. The biggest problem I've had with this Chargers team is we can't protect, protect the quarterback. It's, it's actualized. We have a line returning with Rayshon Slater, Matt Feeler, Corey Lindsley, Zion Johnson, and Trey Pipkins. And we actually have depth, Austin. That's the thing that's so impressive at this point. Backing up Rayshon Slater. Storm Norton, not a household name, but a solid backup. Behind Feeler, we've got Jeremy Saylor, big body from Georgia, drafted him in like the sixth round. Corey Lindsley, backed up by Will Clapp, who is a platoon-style offensive lineman coming out of New Orleans, that while he is not a premier offensive lineman, he is necessary depth for any roster that wants to compete 20 weeks into the season. Then behind Zion Johnson, who I think, obviously he can't win rookie of the year, he's an offensive lineman, he will go down as one of the best rookies to come out of this draft starting this year. If Slater was a can't-miss slam-dunk home run, I think Zion will be just as good, maybe a little worse. Behind him, you have Brendan Jameis. And then Trey Pipkins, is he's backed up by Foster Sorrell. Don't really know that guy, to be honest. So we've got like four out of the five lineman spots where we have a decent to good backup behind them, which is less than I could say the last three years. So not only do we have the quarterback and a running back and a slew of receivers to throw the ball to, which, mind you, the Chargers were second in the NFL in passing yards last season. And people forgot about that, I guess. We now have the protection to actually keep the quarterback upright. Um, now we go to the defense. Um, insert meme of insert meme of that one guy on the video. He's like, Sir Hale, dog. Like, you, you name it. There are dogs all over this defense. He's got that it dog is, in him. It's insane. We have – so the Chargers made a trade for Khalil Mack. So just going going down the line. Listed in our four three in our three four defense, you got defense our left defensive end, Jerry Tillery. Not my favorite in the world. He's playing for a contract. I expect him to improve this year. Then we go defensive tackles. We got two of those guys. We've got so we got Austin Johnson, which is the big body from New York that I was super ecstatic that we signed, along with Otito Ogbonia. Probably haven't heard of him. Hopefully he's good enough. Our right defensive end. Reigning Super Bowl champion, Sebastian Joseph Day and Braden Fajoko. Then we get into the linebackers. This is going to be the make or break part of this roster defensively because I think the secondary is far improved with the additions of J.C. Jackson and bringing Derwin James back healthy for another year. We added depth with J.T. Woods. Asante Samuel Jr. is playing another year into his career. Health will be the biggest determining factor, but whenever your linebackers are featuring Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, we need Kenneth Murray to stay healthy and Drew Tranquil to just be average. Because at this point, we have the big names and you're seeing the depth in the uh, working its way throughout this defense. This feels like the most complete team in the division, and I don't think it's hyperbole. And Austin, before you say it, yes, the Chargers suck at special teams, or we did. 
we kind of figured it out. Knock on wood. Um, Dustin Hopkins had the best completion percentage of uh, or best completed field goal percentage of any kicker over the last 10 years for the Chargers last season. Is he the solution? I'm praying to God that he is. Because if we're able to if we're able to hit the field goals and get points on every drive, I think the defense is good enough to stabilize and keep our offense on the field. This team has the firepower on offense and the tools on defense, along with a decent to good special teams unit, to be able to compete with anybody in the division. And I know what you're saying. Well, they have to get through Kansas City. And yes, they do. But we're going to get into a team in the Las Vegas Raiders that I think genuinely is ready to take a step back in the division. Not because they got inherently worse, but because they're bound to regress. Because, yes, their offense improved mightily, but I'm not worried about their offense, and we weren't worried about the offense last year. It's always been defensive issues. The Chargers address – because same thing with the Broncos. Scouts honor Austin. Sorry to be trampling all over the conversation. But like I told you how the Denver defense was, like, the best in this division – the Chargers defense was the worst in this division, and it was not close. Last in yards per game, last in rushing yards allowed per game. Second, so passing yards per game, we were second in the division. We allowed the third lowest QBR. Uh, we also got the second most sacks. We allowed the worst third down percentage, and we also allowed the most points per game in the division. This defense has nowhere to go but up. Like, passing yards, we were like, bottom three or rushing yards, we were bottom three, the entire league in terms of like allowing rushing yards per game. This chargers defense is the seminal reason why they didn't make the playoffs last year. And they answered every question, especially in the middle because yes, Chris Harris jr. Sucked. He was terrible. You take him, you throw in JC Jackson, who's been arguably a top three corner for the last five years. The, the window is now. So, as a Chargers fan, I am hopelessly optimistic that this team has the potential to win the division. We were one game short of a playoff berth with a team that was so far incomplete, we were the worst defense in damn near all of football. And this is paired with an offense that was arguably the best in the division. We were basically top two in every category. We trade, we, They trailed KC in yards per game, led in passing yards per game, were third in rushing yards per game, had the second highest QBR, took the second least sacks, had the second highest third down percentage, and had the second most points scored in the division. And they don't have the questions that Kansas City has. We didn't lose our top receiver. We aren't retooling an offensive line. We're not reinventing a wide receiver room. That's the thing with the Chargers. For every question I had going into the offseason, I think it's been answered. And obviously we have to wait to see until people take the field. But for me, even as a biased Chargers fan, acknowledging the changes they have made, it's hard to point any other direction than the Chargers winning 12 to 13 games and winning this division, and at the worst, winning 10 and making a wild card spot. Now, let me tell you about the man they call Herbie. I love him. Second year, 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He has the in a most passing elite, yards of anybody ever. In an elite year, to say the least, as he wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Okay? Easily, for that matter. Your running defense was fucking awful. The worst. You know it. God awful. You know, and you know it. But let's talk about why you didn't make the playoffs. 
and how close you are in half of your games that you are that you could win the division. You beat the Commanders week one. You lose to the Cowboys week two off a sack God. and a sixty-something yarder, a a sack and a long ass yarder because Mike McCarthy doesn't know time management by Greg Zerline. Easily a winnable game. Also some illegal shifts. Your favorite penalty. So you're close on way in that game. You beat the Chiefs. You beat the Raiders. You beat the Browns. You get slaughtered by the Ravens. We won't talk about that one. There's no fixing that one. That's you yeah. go into MNT Stadium. You get your asses kicked. You go into your bye. You move on. That's that's what that's what happens there. You lose 27-24 to the Patriots. You barely you barely get that game squeaked out. But you come back next week. You beat the Eagles 27-24. But then you lose to the Vikings 27 to 20. You beat the Steelers. You get beat up by the Broncos a little bit. It happens, especially in Mile High Stadium. You beat the Bengals handedly. You beat the Giants handily. You lose to the Chiefs in overtime off uh, some ballsy calls by Brandon Staley and a tough non-call on uh, Keenan Allen. Travis Kelsey killed that game. Derwin had him in a box most of the game. Overtime, Kelsey couldn't be stopped. It It was barbecue chicken. Uh, Rex Burkhead annihilates you at NRG Stadium. The team was decimated with COVID that week. I'm not going to blame it on the players being out, but we were missing like eight starters. It, it, it's the break of the game. It's the breaks of the game. Denver comes to SoFi, you beat the shit out of them, and then you lose the OT game to Las Vegas Raiders. After sitting through all that, my point is, most of your losses were one-score losses off yeah. small mistakes that are easily fixed. You could easily yeah. have beaten the Cowboys. You could have beaten the Patriots. You, uh, let's see, you could have beaten the Chiefs again. You could have beaten the Raiders. Um, let's see, you could have beaten the Vikings. There's very small changes that you need to make, and you made big changes. You brought in Mask. Mac. You brought in Jackson. You uh, helped out the front line a little bit with the run. You... And you really didn't lose any pieces in that whole thing. You just yeah. gained. So to the team is much better than nine and eight showed. Yeah. Much, much better than a third place finish showed just outside the playoffs. And if you win, I don't remember who you guys were gonna play. We would have um, played the Bengals, if I'm correct. Bengals if you or the t- Bills. Might have been the Bills if we won the game. I think it was Bills if you won, Bengals if you tied. I'm confident that we beat the Bengals going into the playoffs last year. If, it's, if yeah, the game it's, is tied, it's possible. If the game is tied, I think I don't think the Chargers really go to the Super Bowl at that point. I think we were inherently flawed, but I don't think mm-hmm. Joe Mixon and that run, rushing attack. Because the thing is, they won off of the Tyler Boyd no no call uh, mm-hmm. phantom touchdown. Like that was the big hoopla of the week. I'm not going to sit here and denounce the Bengals until we get to the AFC North, but. There's a lot of questions I have with them in terms of just their playoff run alone. Like, yeah, winning cures all, but whenever there's such, like, it, it was the most confusing winning that I'd ever saw in my life. Yeah. Like, a lot a lot of good things went their way, and I can't count on that. That's why I'm so hopeful for the Chargers. This yeah. is a team that followed up the worst uh, – that they had the worst – basically, they, they lost more one-score games than any team ever in a season, and we followed that up with last year. It's it's Chargers football, for lack of better terms. It's torture. As a Giants fan, I can tell you what torture's like from the bottom of my heart. I just watched the Dodgers series where every time we were in it, they cut our heads off. This Chargers team has been torture, and I think they finally 
if this were a poker table, they pushed all in. They have right. two and, to three more years left until Herbie's I think that's on the, the only problem that a lot of fans and a lot of people like in, in our thread. A lot of people pick the Chargers. Yeah. Deservedly so. They've made the moves. The Chiefs lost some people. The Chargers made all the right moves well, to hop over the Chiefs and, in the sense, hop be. over the Raiders. For, for lack of better terms, this team should win the division. They have the cheapest quarterback, and he's arguably the most talented as of right now behind Mahomes. Carr is on a max level extension. Russ is making like 30. He's he's making significantly less than all the other quarterbacks in the division. The Chargers right. have the money to be better everywhere else, and they yes. actually decided to do it. And that's the right. biggest thing for me. If, they, if it doesn't happen now, the window is genuinely right now, and it could extend through Herbert's second deal, but there's no better time than right now. We have two to right. three And you got Mac for basically nothing. Nothing. A second-round pick. So we traded back into whatever it was. I, the, right. the Mac deal, all he has to do is stay healthy, and it was worth it. Mm -hmm. And we still have cap space. There's like a, a little cushion that we still have. And we have the players that are willing to take the pay cuts or turn their salary into the signing bonus to give us more cap. It's honestly the only problem at this point from an outsider looking in. It's health. It's not even health. It's you guys have been good before. Yeah. But there's just always something that eats yeah. you alive. Like this is, it, it. it's almost like I would compare, I can't compare We're it snake to. Bitten. You're snake bitten. It's like yeah. it's like the Mariners right now. The Mariners haven't been to the playoffs in 21 years. Now I know you guys have been to the playoffs. I'm not comparing 28, you know, directly, but I'm basically saying the Mariners every single year have been like, this is the year we break the drought. This is the year we break the curse, and it's mm -hmm. been the same story over and over. Is it going to keep happening with the Chargers? When does when does the new chapter start? When this... does the book stop ending the same way over and over? This is the best Chargers team since 2010. And that 2010 team missed the playoffs because they had the worst special teams in like NFL right. history. They were the best defense and the best offense. And this team has the potential to not only be a top offense, but I expect a top 10 defense just based upon mm -hmm. what's on paper. And if the special teams can be league average, that's a playoff team. And if everything clicks, that's a one seed. If everything goes right. I do think, I don't think anybody out of the AFC West becomes the one seed this year because I think they're going to cannibalize each other a little bit. Mm -hmm. But their schedule is weaker than the Chiefs. It's weaker than the Raiders. Only team that's going to have an easier way to the playoffs is going to be the Broncos. And obviously, strength of schedule only matters whenever the season's over and you can see how everybody else turned out. But based upon what we came off of last year, they had the most improvement. They brought back impact players. We lost nothing, gained the most, and our schedule isn't as bad as everybody else. Right. So as long as everybody can be on the field and Staley kind of fine-tunes the whole going for it type thing, because I love that well, he goes for it on fourth. Well, fuck it. Let's let's look at it real quick. Last, week one, you host the Raiders. Yep. You should be able to win that game. I, yes. I will say – Everyone is so good in your division. I feel like you can split with everybody, finish three and yeah. three, and that's reasonable. So I think that's yeah. what I'm going to do here. But when you're hosting the Raiders, I say you take that win. You go to Kansas City. Let's say going is that loss. So you're one and one. You beat the Jaguars. You beat, beat the, the Texans. Texans. You beat the Browns. You host the Broncos. You beat them. You beat the Seahawks. You go into week eight, six and one. 
You go to Atlanta, you beat them. You go to the Niners. That's a tough game. We could we they, this chart. If but there's anybody can that can beat the Niners, especially with Trey Lance at quarterback, I think the Chargers are in that pedigree right. of team. Like the Rams, the Bucks, Chiefs, Bills. I think they. There's a reason why the Chargers have like the sixth best odds at the Super Bowl this coming year. It's not just pop, pomp and circumstance. It, it it has to materialize, right? Right. Like if there's a like. I get the Eagles getting hype and everyone's like, well, well, I got to see it to believe it. Justin Herbert's a top 10 quarterback. Like these players have proven it. It's just getting the whole amalgamation of like an elite defense, elite offense. But those two teams are on similar paths. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Jalen Hurts could take a step this year and be like, holy shit, they're like a power in the NFC. But we've seen the Chargers offense stabilize for two years as like above league average to elite. So I, I, even regressing this year as an offensive unit, they're still going to be like top 10, top, top 15. And if but the even, defense is that improved. But even we talk about going to San Francisco, that's the first coin flip game we've had since, you know, week KC. two. Yeah. You know, since KC or yeah, week two. So that's your first coin flip game. Then you host if the Kansas Chargers. City. If they win the division, they have to beat Kansas City at least once. They cannot get swept yeah. by Kansas City or Denver. If right. they get swept by Vegas – my head's going to explode. I think they should be able to beat Vegas twice, personally. So splitting that's right. with everybody, I think we have to beat at least one of the teams twice because that's the thing that's going to win the division. you got to separate yourself by beating your division opponents and winning the games you should win. Obviously, Week 12, they're beating the Cardinals because Well, yeah, because it's late this season. Yeah, if, if you play Pop the Cardinals until- in Week 1, you probably lose, but since you're playing Arizona late, you're fine. Even playing the Raiders in the Legion, we barely lost the last time, and it took Derek Carr... And Rich, Bas- it took Rich Basaccia basically having his Rudy moment for us to lose that game. So I, I got mean, us being them in a legion. Yeah, so I'll I'll keep with what I'm what I'm saying. You you lose to the Raiders there, but you beat Miami. I'll call Tennessee a coin flip game because I don't know what to expect of Kent, uh, Tennessee at this point. But I it think you take, beat the Colts. It takes Derrick Henry to rush for 300 yards. I don't think Tannehill's going to be good without AJ Brown. Traylon Burks will have to be an immediate impact for this offense to stabilize because after him it's like nick westbrook akine and some other spare parts it's just what i what i saw from tennessee last year made me have resilient yeah it it really made me show me that i don't know shit about football (laughs) just really made me show the only teams that i think can genuinely beat the chargers any given sunday with a grain of salt niners rams chiefs everybody else i feel like the chargers should be favored unless some health stuff comes up and maybe that's just me being arrogant. I just roster wise, I don't see a better team on paper. Even the, even the Rams, I think the chargers probably have them beat on paper, but marginally. And even KC, I think the chargers roster is better on paper. Just Andy reads a better coach and Sean McVay, better coach. It's, I know I'm talking with a lot of gusto and hoopla and all this fun shit. And yeah, I'm a Charger fan. You'd be like, oh, he's a homer. Trust me, I, I know Chargers football. I've seen bad Chargers teams. I've seen great teams that have a fatal flaw. This is the one time in the last decade of my life that I can look anybody in the eyes and say, this Chargers team has it. Every question, I believe we've found a correct answer. This is a team that for years has gone for big swings in the draft in terms of like, well, prior so ever since telesco's taken over i think we've been very smart in our draft picks because we could have went and gotten a wide receiver in the first round we didn't we took zion johnson we raced on slater fell to us we were bad enough to select herbert 
we haven't had a bad first round draft pick in a long time. You'd have to yeah. go back to before the Melvin Gordon draft, and he wasn't even a bad draft pick. He was great in a Chargers uniform. So this mm-hmm. is a team that we've been building for years. This 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 should be the penultimate. Like this should be the mountaintop. If they can't do it with this, as a Chargers fan, I don't know when they'll ever be able to do it with this yeah, assemblage it, of talent. Yeah, really. If if there's no doing it now, then when? Because Herbert's only going to get more expensive. And Keenan Allen, as much as I love the guy, he's hitting. He's in his thirties now. Mike Williams, he's no spring chicken. And the guys behind them, they're not sparking a bunch of inspiration. I love right. Josh Palmer. He's talented. Jalen Guyton is a speedster. But it really helps whenever you have these top 50 type talents. And yeah, it's now or never. So I've got the Chargers hopefully finishing with 12 wins. And I think at the worst, 10. I I don't see them winning less than 10 games. At worst. It would take an absolute cratering of a season. If this team doesn't make the playoffs, I think Staley might might lose his job. because It would would take a Herbert injury. Yeah, I mean, but really, I was knocking on wood. If anybody, can yeah, but really, like that's what it would take to create your season because that guy will yeah. make your team go. He's done it for the last two years. Um, he is everything I wanted and more. Um, shout out Justin Herbert, uh, J Herb Ten for life, man. That's one thing about being a Chargers fan. I had like a lifetime of Phil Rivers, and I love Phil one of my favorite players ever to like go from him directly to Justin. It's the biggest blessing. It's like you with uh, Dak after Tony Romo. It's just, Oh God. I, I wish every franchise can feel that transition from quarterback to quarterback. It's yeah. God. I feel, I feel for Denver because damn, damn Brock Osweiler, yeah. Drew Locke. That shit sucks. You throw in a, what the hell was his name? I forget his name. So yeah, you get what I'm saying though. Like it was, it was KJ Hamler had to be the quarterback for a day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was not, it was not whatsoever. The all wide receiver day. Yeah. Denver, Denver has had it rough over the years. Okay. On to second place. The, I almost said Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders finishing 10 and seven, winning four straight to end the season in that wild ass Sunday night game against the chargers. Um, hitting that however long yarder it was to face the Bengals in the first round. Um, Here's my thing about the Raiders. They are a good team. I I can't take that away from them. They finished 10-7. They went to the playoffs. They're a good enough team to get there. But their problem is secondary. It's always been secondary. It's always been Carr playing from behind. Say whatever the hell you want about Carr, whether you hate him, whether you love him. I get it. There's a huge hate crowd for him. There's a huge love crowd for him. He's extended. He's your quarterback, whether you like it or not. That's going to be your dude because really there's nobody else. You want Baker Mayfield? Nobody wants Baker Mayfield. Carolina probably doesn't want Baker Mayfield, but they want Sam Darnold less. They want Cam Newton less. They want P.J. Walker less. Derek Carr's your quarterback for the foreseeable future, Raiders fans. He's played from behind practically his whole career. He's always had to. And the one year they were going to the playoffs, he broke his fucking leg. He's good enough to get you there. 
and everything they did off this offseason. They got Devontae Adams. That's fucking great. Devontae Adams is a top three receiver, and he might not be two or three. Yeah. But, but, they signed Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones is going to rush the quarterback and make it a fucking nightmare. Every team in this division, we haven't talked about it too much, has a very good quarterback, very good or elite, and then a rusher that's going to beat your ass. You guys have Khalil Mack, uh, Denver. Yeah. Why can't I think of Denver Bradley right Chubb. now? Bradley and Chubb. Randy. Well, there's every And Randy Gregory now, yeah. Every, every team has a duo at this point. You go to L.A., Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. You go to Denver, Chubb and Gregory. You go to KC, it's not on the ends. Even the ends now, Frank Clark, George Karloftis, and Chris Jones, that's a defensive front. And as good as Max Crosby and Chandler Jones are going to be, if offensive lines are holding up, it doesn't matter how good they are. If the if the secondary can't hold anybody, it's going right. to get up. That's the exact problem that I have. That's been the Raiders' problem is secondary. Now, granted, Devontae Adams is going to open up a lot. He's good at getting separation. He's going to create moves for Renfro and Waller. They're going to have a really good offense. I don't know what their running game is going to look like at all. I have no idea what to expect from the Raiders running game. But Devontae Adams is going to open up a lot either for himself or the other two wide receivers. Jaron Waller is basically a wide receiver at this point. Yeah. They're going to score more points this season than they did last season, most likely. But can they hold them? That's that's the biggest problem. I haven't seen enough from the Raiders that made enough moves that they're not going to play a shootout every single week. Well, that's that's the crux of my problems with the Vegas Raiders. Even looking into the team stats, like we said, they their defense was near the bottom in every single category, if not the worst. And offensively, they're middle of the pack. And that's with them getting a season of emergence from a guy in Hunter Renfro. Granted, they lost guys like Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs missed time, and they lost their head coach in John Gruden. We're not going to get into that. But this was a they team that Darren was playing. Waller. This was a team that was playing off of essentially Bardic inspiration. If you play Dungeons and Dragons, like they were like a team of destiny, essentially. Here, here. But you get what I'm <laughs> saying. Like, this was a team that was off operating off of vibes, for lack of better terms. And do I think that's better than J- Josh McDaniels? Probably not. But to a certain extent, probably, yeah. Last time I saw Josh McDaniels, he was burning shit down in Denver. Then he went back to Bill and sat under his armpit for a decade. Do we believe Josh McDaniels is an adequate head coach in the NFL? I'd bet money that Nathaniel Hackett makes the playoffs before he does. Because, yes, pairing Derek Carr with an elite wide receiver makes sense. But let's just be sure uh, Devontae Adams knows what helmet he's going to wear by week one. Because the last time we had a helmet fiasco, Antonio Brown was calling Mike Mayock a cracker, and he wasn't on the team for more than two weeks. Devontae Adams and Derek Carr is the best tandem that we'll see out there since Derek Carr and Amari Cooper. I think it's even better than Derek Carr and Amari Cooper. The problem isn't the offense. And like I said, with Denver, I don't trust Jarrett Stidham, Nick Mullins, or Chase Gerbers if Carr misses time. This is not the Raiders of two years ago where Marcus Mariota can come in on a spot start and keep you in a game. I mean, let's is, let's be let's be fair. Can you really name a team in the NFL where their backup is going to produce as much as the starter, or you feel okay with them coming in? Philadelphia, um, Buffalo, Washington. At this point, well, who's I, they, Buffalo's? They, Mitch Trubisky. If you think He's Mitch Taylor, 
Oh, fuck. You're right. Never mind. So Pittsburgh, <laughs> change Buffalo to Pittsburgh. There we go. So okay. Pittsburgh, we got Pittsburgh. Even like I know Deshaun Watson's far better as a player than Jacoby Brissett, but I think the Browns lose top end talent. But I think Jacoby Brissett is a fine backup. There are sure. plenty of teams that have quarterbacks that can keep you in games, is what I'm saying. But in your division, there ain't a single one. Chad Henney. Chad Henney is probably Daniel. the best in the division. It's Henney, Daniel, and nobody else. I'm not saying Chase Daniel will win 15 games, but Chase Daniel is good for, with what they have, probably a win or two. Who's backing up Russ? Russ? I told you, Josh Johnson and freaking, uh, I have uh, it right here. It's Josh Brett, Johnson. Brett Ripon? Rapine? Yeah, Brett Ripon and Josh Johnson. It's it's dark okay. out there. Yeah, never mind. It's really bad. Never, never mind. Obviously, yes. If your star quarterback goes down, the team is not going to be operating at their capacity. Um, I like some of the additions they made. I like Zamir White in the running back room. They also added Brandon Bolden, who was making everybody scratch their heads in fantasy because uh, Damian Harris wasn't scoring touchdowns. Um, The receiver room is cool. After Hunter Renfro, it's a lot of guys that I'm like, who? Demarcus Robinson, a.k.a. a touchdown every six weeks from Patrick Mahomes. Matt Collins is a bust, and Keelan Cole hasn't done anything since his days out in uh, Jacksonville, if I'm correct. The tight end. They got rid of Deshaun Jackson. He he. They Famous got rid of him. <laughs> Famous Los Angeles Ram ring recipient for his six wing six weeks of service. The tight end room is cool. Darren Waller is good. Darren Waller's great. Jacob Hollister is sneaky, and Foster Moreau, Moreau played really well as a substitute last year. Foster Moreau um, has to probably be one of my favorite tight end twos. I feel like he finds a way to be relevant almost every week. And I, I think that's huge. I think tight ends is one of the biggest things to successful teams. You look at Baltimore, you look at KC. Like I get it. You I it, it's not a hot take that Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey are, you know, make the team go. But tight ends create a lot of fucking problems when they're great receiving tight ends. They create big fucking problems. And yeah. even without we'll get to the Chiefs in a second, but even without Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey is either going to be a problem or he's going to create problems because you have to always pay attention to these guys coming off the line out of nowhere. Even Dalton Schultz became this huge thing for Dallas. So I read somewhere that one of the uh, offensive linemen for the Raiders today uh, retired, which is not good for a team that I wasn't inspired by their offensive line to begin with. Um, Pro Football Focus for this year coming into the season ranks their offensive line as the 29th overall in football. That does not breed any. It doesn't. It, it doesn't breed anything good, in my opinion. Especially whenever you have these defensive fronts that we just talked about. Um, I don't know if I trust Pro Football Focus though. They really get shit wrong sometimes. But do, I get what do. you're saying, nonetheless. Their line well, has deteriorated significantly. I will read you their rankings currently. So, one, so minor or no weaknesses is tier one. You got Philadelphia, Cleveland, Detroit, Tampa. Tier two, high floor. Green Bay, Dallas, New England, Cincinnati, KC, Indianapolis, LA Rams, LA Chargers. Tier three, high end potential. Jets, Niners, Commanders, Broncos, Ravens. And then number four is the tier, at least one good tackle. New York Giants, Minnesota Vikings, Buffalo Bills, New Orleans Saints, Houston Texans, Miami Dolphins, Carolina Panthers, Tier 5, uninspiring. Like we said last week, the Arizona Cardinals, the line sucks. 
Jaguars, Titans, Falcons, Tier 6. Guess what the word is for this tier? It's not terrible. Problematic. 29, Las Vegas Raiders, 30, Pittsburgh Steelers, and 31, Chicago Bears, only to be topped by the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seattle Seahawks, according to Austin and myself, should be one of the worst teams in football this coming year. If your offensive line is lumped in with one of the worst teams this year, I can't buy into the upside. Um, Derek Carr is going to need time to see the field, especially with the secondaries in this division. I don't think the line will be good enough to keep up. I don't think the offense will have the time on the field to keep up. So while they will be able to win games down the road this season, like if we look at the schedule, first week Chargers, that's a loss. Cardinals, probably a loss. Titans, is that a win? No, I don't see Here, it as a win. Here's my problem, and I and I get this. This is kind of when I fall the into first, the Derek Carr so, hater club. The first week where we consider that it's a guaranteed win is Week Five against no Week Six against the Houston Texans, because they have a killer first six weeks. You go Chargers, well, even, Cardinals, but even Titans, then, Houston has surprised a lot of fucking people. Like yeah. da- Davis Mills is no pushover at this point. Yeah, yeah, Davis Mills is probably on the back end of top thirty, you know, from the very bottom. But he 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 kind of showed up towards the end of the season. On their schedule, the only games that I can count as lock it in wins, I'll have them beating Pittsburgh. I'll have them beating Seattle. I'll have them beating the Jaguars, and I'll have them beating the Texans. Every other week is a toss-up, or they are not favored. And I don't think that is an overstatement. This is not a bad Raiders team. I want to qualify that statement. This is one of the better Raiders teams they've put on the field in a while. Um, it's just the some of the parts really doesn't complement what the rest of their division and the league is at right now. Because Derek Carr, for all he is and the fact that he's not paid – Kyler Murray exorbitant money. They've spent so much time toiling away with whatever their defense was and trying to improve the offense. The thing with the Raiders is they have been bad for the sole purpose of failing to draft after trading Amari Cooper. The Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper trades should have propelled them forward in this division to being a contender. They just could not hit on draft picks. Cleveland Farrell was a bust. They had to cut the safety last year for the gun video. Henry Ruggs is in prison. It's this team cannot hit in the draft. So they said, fuck it. They went and now, got Devontae Adams. Now, so here's here's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I won't I won't blame them with Henry Ruggs. I thought it was a good of draft course. pick. I thought he was gonna he was, turn out well. But he was shit. having a career year. He yeah. was having the best year. He was year having a really good year and he made a poor choice. A, a very, Horrible very decision. poor choice. Yes. That's not that's not on the Las Vegas Raiders. That's on Henry. That's not Ruggs on their for, scouting department. Yeah, that's right. It's just an unfortunate event for everybody involved. But you want to get into the uh, Derek Carr hater fan club. And if anybody is watching at this current moment, whether it's right now or later on, I want you to comment below if I'm right or wrong. I want you to talk about Derek Carr. But the biggest thing that I've seen that I almost agree with in terms of people not liking Derek Carr is he gets very one-dimensional in his outlook of when he looks downfield. And if his line is as bad as we say it is, he's not going to have a lot of time to look downfield. Now he's looked towards Darren Waller a whole lot and he didn't have that towards the end. So he looked towards Hunter Renfro a lot, but now is he going to fall into the, into the habit of 
tunneling Devontae Adams and forcing it to Devontae Adams. Now, I get it. Aaron Rodgers was able to do it, but Aaron Rodgers should drop a football in a football-sized hole. Aaron Rodgers is one of the top three arms we've ever seen. Right. It's This season is going to be the best of times and the worst of times for Raiders fans because I think this offense and the way that it's designed with Josh McDaniels coming in, I don't think the offense is going to be bad. I think they'll probably be a bit improved. I just don't see this defense improving enough for them to be genuine competitors. I think this is – think of it like the Chargers last year. I think a lot of the pitfalls they had last season, the Raiders will eventually see come to fruition. This is going to be a team that will probably lose a lot of one-possession games because yeah. your team can score 30 points, but if you can't keep another team from scoring 35, it doesn't matter how much you're scoring, a la the Chargers last year. It's going to be some shootouts. It's going to be a lot of coin toss games, and maybe the Raiders get lucky. I'm not saying it's outside of the realm of possibility, but if I'm leaning on statistics and roster construction and just the way things are supposed to play out based upon what we see from the front offices and trends, I can't bet on the Raiders to finish anywhere better than third in this division. And I think they have the best odds to finish fourth. And it's not due to the, this isn't, this isn't Chicago. This isn't, this isn't Chicago or Jacksonville. These are not, the Raiders are not a bad football team. They are really good in the best division in football and really good. Just isn't good enough. They could realistically finish nine and eight and that'll be fourth. Yeah. That's the problem that we could have four teams in this division finish with winning records and that will be insane, but somebody has to miss. And Mm -hmm. that's the messed up part. I I just don't think as much as people want to think it would be such a cool thing to happen. I don't think all four of these teams are going to be able to make the playoffs. At best, three of them make it. There's going to be too much beat down in between them. And one of these teams is going to fall two and four or one and five in in their division. And whoever that happens to is going to finish at the bottom. Well, that's my biggest thing, too, because two teams are probably coming out of the South. Two teams realistically could come out of the uh, East. And two teams could even sneak out of the North. I, there's not room for three out of the AFC West. It just physically and logistically can't happen because the East is the worst division. The North is the closest division to the West in terms of overall talent, top to bottom of the teams. AFC South is a dumpster fire. It's the Titans and the Colts flipping each other off for 17 weeks, seeing who's going to cave. Like genuinely, that's what it is. And so perfect world to. Perfect world, three teams from the AFC West get into the playoffs. Realistically, I think two of these teams make it. And maybe well, so the look at, look at let's look at just seven teams make the playoffs. Yep. And let's just let's just pick easily last year. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Tennessee. I have no reason to believe these teams will not do it again. I but think you have version, but okay. But I'm just picking from last yeah. year. There's no yeah. reason to say those four can't be in the playoffs again. Not division winners, you. but in the playoffs again. So we have three spots have, left. So you have three spots for Baltimore, uh, Miami, New England, Indianapolis. Los Angeles. Uh, Chargers, Broncos. Raiders, Broncos. And I think the three choices you can make today, I'm going Chargers, I'm going Ravens, and then it's a toss-up between the Colts, Broncos and the Patriots. Yeah. That's that's, it. that's about where I'm at because yeah. 
I, I don't like, I think the teams who we expect to be bad will still be bad. I think the Jets and the Jaguars can make improvements and this and that, but ju- they're just not there yet. The Texans make improvements. I think all the bad teams last year will make improvements, but they're not going to be there because the AFC yeah. is just a fucking slaughterhouse. I, I but, can't live. I can't live with Tua making the playoffs before Herbert. That's the one well, thing. Well, I watched the thing is, make we didn't bowl. even, we didn't even count in the Steelers and the Mike Tomlin effect tells me they're going to be in the race. They they're gonna finish with a record close to five hundred. It might not be five hundred, but it's gonna be in the ballpark. Yeah. So for the Raiders, there's just I feel like they fixed the wrong problems that they thought they had. The Raiders That's- added to the things that they were good at, but didn't address the things that they were not so good at. And yes, exactly. Chandler Jones is the best edge rusher, arguably in the in the AFC West now. He he's been a monster. He had like eight six sacks week one. Yeah, against the Titans last season. Chandler Jones is a menace. I just don't know if their secondary is going to provide the time that Chandler Jones is going to need to get six sacks. Because for the Cardinals' faults last year, they had pretty good secondary options to start the year. So it's it's the defense in the secondary has to be consistent. It has to buy that front four time. Because Crosby and Jones can be a special duo rushing the quarterback. 100%. But a lot of these sacks nowadays are coverage sacks. So Derek Carr has to throw for like 40 touchdowns and this defense has to allow hopefully less than 60. Like it's, it's, it, it's going to have to be the synergy of Derek Carr reaching a new level and the defense coming out of the basement and that offensive well, and that, line. Actually and, that's, and that's the problem. He's never thrown yep. for more than 32. He, yeah. He's never been that guy. The most yards he's ever thrown is 4,800. He's never breaking that 5K mark. He's never just had an outstanding season. His best season finished third in MVP. We've seen the best Derek Carr will ever see, and he broke his leg, and he's never going to be the same. And that's not his fault. That is just the way the sports work. Your body is at a peak point, and if you get hurt, it's okay if you're never that guy. And I don't think there's anything wrong with Derek Carr being a borderline top 10 quarterback. The only problem is this front office and the incompetence over years really is going to cost him in the latter part of his career yeah. because you can't you, you you can't hide bad roster decisions whenever your quarterback makes 30 plus million and so this feels like a almost a last hurrah for the Raiders they traded a bunch of assets to get Antonio Brown that didn't work out they traded Khalil Mack they've traded Amari Cooper everyone they had to pay and didn't they've moved on from and they finally said fuck it we're paying the guy and they got Devonte Adams. Maybe it's too little too late. Maybe this core is just a little too old. Maybe the window is just a little too tight. And yeah. if the, for everything I said about the chargers and this, if they don't get it done in the next three years, when the hell can they get it done? If the Raiders don't get things done within the next three as well, I don't think Derek Carr has a shot to get a bowl because at least for the chargers, Herbert has a second deal and he's still young. Derek Carr's almost 30 years old. Devontae Adams is almost 30 years old. These guys are in their primes. There Mm -hmm. is no next contract for Chandler Jones, for lack of better terms. He'll get paid, but the elite production doesn't last forever, unless you're Thomas Brady. But I digress. I don't see a Tommy terrific on either side of the ball for them. So call me a pessimist. Call me a biased Chargers fan, but I just don't see it out of Vegas this year. Speaking of elite production... Kansas City Chiefs. What do you got? 
What do you got about your defending division? A lot of people pick the Chiefs to win in, in our thread, and I don't blame them. I do not blame people picking the defending division champs, the guys who have done it year after year after year. At some point, their reign will be over as division champs. But is it this year? So insert breaking bad meme of Jesse Pinkman screaming. They can't keep, he can't keep getting away with it. That's how I feel about this chiefs team. Um, they have been, I wouldn't call them the house of cards that the uh, Los Angeles Rams have been over the last year or two. They are more sound in their build than that. They've got a lot of high impact dudes in that offense and defense that have fit the scheme and the coaching style of Andy Reed, but I don't think they would really translate anywhere else to a certain extent. Like Tyron Matthew is prime time. He's going to play well for new Orleans, but I don't know if Chris Jones translates in a different defensive system. I don't know if Frank Clark has the impact in a different defensive system. Hell, I don't know if Travis Kelsey has the year in and year out like positive progression without Patrick Mahomes. I get it. He was sensational with uh, Alex Smith, but he's been transcendent with Patrick Mahomes. It's going to come down to the receiving depth and the receivers being able to step up. They lost the sun this offseason. Losing Tyreek Hill is probably the single biggest weapon lost in the NFL since... I, I don't even know when since Randy Moss got terrible. traded. Since Tom Brady lost Randy Moss, it feels like that's how big of a factor Tyreek Hill was to this offense. And you don't just replace that. I get there's now a that there's there's a vacuum of targets that have to be filled. But do I think Juju Smith Schuster is going to be catching 110 balls? No. Do I think the the the, the most logical idea in this is Meikle Hardman and Juju Smith Schuster split it, and Hardman becomes that speedster guy that's going to break the uh break the defense but i don't think hardman has the instincts or just the change of direction of tyreek hill i think juju set up for a really good year for yeah, sure he's, like he's he, good yeah we talked about it last year he signed a prove it deal with the steelers he got hurt we got felt hurt. awful for him we, yeah. we we felt awful we wanted him to prove it he was unable to do so because he got hurt this is try number two and i think he's doing it with a Far better quarterback. It's the best quarterback the best, he's ever played with. It's the best chance he's going to get to get a big deal. Yep. If it's not this year for Juju, it it might not be never. It might I, not. It. I don't know what I just said. If it's not now, it's not going to be ever. I think a big thing with this team that really, really makes me interested. You have a lot of guys that people have been saying look out for for three to four years. And you have a guy in Josh Gordon who had his breakout six, seven years ago and couldn't stay off the weed. Juju and Marcus Valdez Scantling will pace this team. This team will go as they go. Obviously Travis Kelsey leads the team in receptions, leads it in yards, probably touchdowns. But if you can get a combined 15 to 1600 yards at an MVS and Juju, that's a good start. I think Hardman gets 500 to 800 receiving yards. I think Josh Gordon, if he can stay on the field along with Sky Moore, they've got four to five options that they could throw out on the perimeter that I think are better than league average. And if Valdez Scantling can actually catch the ball consistently, there's not a better person to be tossing the rock than Patrick Mahomes, aside from maybe Aaron Rodgers, possibly a Josh Allen. Um, this is the year where we figure out who Patrick Mahomes really is. And don't crucify me in the comments. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. I don't think that's hyperbole. I think I can openly state that. He's not the best quarterback to ever live, 
but in terms of raw pure talent and uh, just being able to do it, yeah, Allen's impressive with his legs, and he can throw the ball farther than most guys I've seen. Rodgers ha- hits these holes that you just don't anticipate, and Brady is able to bring teams that know Brady is the ultimate leader. He's the ultimate winner, all this stuff. I've seen Patrick Mahomes do things on football fields that I didn't perceive as possible. Arm talent, brain, hitting windows, consistency. He's been – the only thing that you could say about Mahomes is that he's regressed because his MVP or his first full year out was so damn good. And do I expect the full MVP year from four years ago? No. But I expect him to be Patrick Mahomes. He's probably going to throw 40-plus touchdowns, close to 5,000 yards maybe 10 picks. He is the real deal. And I think it's going to be very refreshing and interesting to see him do it without Tyreek Hill. I think it's going to be important. I think this is the year where Pat cements himself. It's going to be make or break. I think this is the year where people finally say, I think Allen and Herbert are better than Mahomes, or it's going to be clear that Patrick Mahomes is Kansas city. And until he's gone, they're going to be a problem. Well, Kansas City does have the advantage of head coach, too. They have, and their offensive line is killer, dude. Yeah. Like, not to cut you off, but their offensive line, for everything I said about the Chargers line, give them, like, two attribute points on top of this uh, Kansas City line. Orlando Brown Jr. was, like, the talk of the town in Baltimore. He said, I don't want to resign. They said, okay, we'll mm-hmm. trade you. Joe, Joe Tooney got him from the Patriots. Another big name. Creed Humphrey was – arguably the best rookie offensive lineman last year in a class that featured Panay Sewell and Sean Slater. Creed Humphrey was the real deal. He was like one of the best centers in the league last year. Um, Trey Smith is solid. Andrew Wiley. Obviously their right side of the line is not as strong as the left side, but God, that, that, tan- that, that those three guys in Tooney Brown and Humphrey, that is arguably one of the best left hand to middle of the line you can ask for. It is a great offensive line. But back to what you were saying. Yeah, Andy Reid, obviously. he is. Andy Reid has cemented himself. If he wasn't before, he is now one of the best coaches in the history of the game. He's uh, top ten. Yeah, he, he's a Hall of Famer. He's yeah. done very well in Kansas City. Having Patrick Holmes helps, but he is a great mind. He's a great dude. Man just wants cheeseburgers and to sleep. He's a guaranteed um, playoff spot everywhere he's he, gone. Really, honestly, yeah. He and that that's, that's the biggest thing too. That's the biggest advantage in this. He's he's in a division of now basically. I'm going to call Josh McDaniels a rookie head coach because he is. It's been ten years. Every year. Yeah, it's been ten years. He, it, it's it's Andy Reid, and then you have everybody else. I'm not saying Brandon Staley's bad. I'm just saying in terms of experience, Andy Reid is what has like yeah. quad in amount my, of times that those guys have. If you look at the sheet, Austin, I'll, I'll revise it for you. So uh, before I had Andy Reid one, Brandon Staley two, three A, Nathaniel Hackett three B, Josh McDaniels. <laughs> if you check the doc, I added like seven different uh, page breaks between Andy Reid and Brandon Staley. There you go. Andy Reid's the Andy Reid's the best coach in this division, and arguably the best coach in the AFC. It's him, Tomlin, and maybe Harbaugh. Like those are the three guys that you go into a season and say, okay, so nine wins. Sounds good. And then everything else is gravy. Um, If I can digress, Austin, I talked 
the most shit whenever I was boosting the Chargers up, and it would be disingenuous of me to sit here and say that the Chargers defense or the uh, Chiefs defense is bad. It's not. Um, you have a defense that added a guy in Melvin Ingram to go for the playoff push. He's no longer there. Um, if I told you that uh, George Karloff, this was drafted to the Kansas City Chiefs, would you believe me four months ago? Probably not. They got him. They got George Karloff. This he's now their left defensive end. You, you know what's that. funny? Really quick on that. Yeah, go going into the draft, it was really funny hearing how this wasn't going to be a good draft in terms of talent and this and that. And then you look at the first round. Almost oh, yeah. every single team got really good fucking talent. It ended up being an insanely good draft. It, it's crazy yeah. that you say George Karloffagus is a Kansas City Chief, and you're like, fuck, dude. Like, that's tough. He was a top five edge rusher, arguably top three in the class. So Karloffagus went to the Chiefs, and then you're sitting here saying, yes, my thing about the Chiefs is for the lack of the Raiders moves on defense and – the lack of any other substantial movement from the Broncos, aside from adding Randy Gregory and trading for Russell Wilson, the chiefs. Yes, they lost Tyree kill, but what they gained on defense from that trade, it's, it's insane to me. Yes. They lost uh Javarius Ward to the Niners. They, tr- they drafted Trent McDuffie, a top five corner in the class. They lost Tyron Matthew, bring in Justin Reed for every hole that was created this off season. They've brought somebody to plug it in or possibly improve upon it. Besides Tyree Kill's receiving role, I think everything else, they've kind of fit in the answer to it. So I want to, I do want to show this shout out to Salvatore for watching. Um, Despite pure talent, I think a great wide receiver makes a quarterback great. That's why Carr will kill it with this year with Devontae Adams. You are correct. Like Patrick Mahomes having Tyree Kill, um, Justin Herbert having Allen and Mike Williams, Derek Carr, has never had that number one guy with like Devontae Adams. And to back up to the Raiders, he's right. And and like I said earlier, Devontae Adams is either going to make space for himself or he's going to make space for everybody else. And that's going to be great for Derek Carr. The only problem is it's it feels like to us it's going to be a shootout. I feel like Derek Carr can have a career year. He can oh, yeah, set 100%. career highs in touchdowns, uh, yards. He'll have less interceptions. He can do it all this season. But the My problem thing with, is how often is he going to play from behind? And a big thing about it is Derek Carr's career year might just be status quo for guys like Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, right. Russell Wilson. And it's not a jab at the Raiders. It's not a dig at Derek Carr. I expect him to perform the best he's ever performed because this yeah. is the greatest assemblage, assemblage of talent he's ever had aside from yeah. his offensive line. Derek Carr and Devontae Adams should be as good as any quarterback receiver tandem that we see this year, especially in their own division. Devontae Adams is the wide receiver one in all of the NFL for most people. It would be asinine of me to sit here and say, well, Derek Carr and the Raiders are going to suck because I'm a Chargers fan. That's that, that's right. not the point at all. We completely agree that pure talent, yeah, receivers help make quarterbacks great. Brady's best years were alongside guys like Randy Moss. Peyton's best years, he had Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. Even looking at Patrick Mahomes, obviously we've only seen him with Tyreek Hill. But great quarterbacks are made greater by great receiver talent. Well, and and now the thing is, with this comment, the opposite side of it. Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes lost his great wide receiver. So now it's on Patrick Mahomes to still be Patrick Mahomes with Juju, MBS, Mikael Hardman. He still has Travis Kelsey, which is basically a great wide receiver. But yeah. now 
Travis Kelsey has to be Devonte Adams in a sense. He has to either create space for himself or create space for everybody else. So now Patrick Mahomes has to prove it that without Tyreek Hill, he is still just fine, which I think yep. more than anything he will do. He still played games and very well where Tyreek missed a ton of games. Um, it's just, I feel like it's in the same spot as Derek Carr in a sense, but Mahomes yeah. proves that he can catch up at any point, but he will mm-hmm. also be in a lot of shootouts this year. Yeah. The, the, this is the wild West. Like we, we could coin this division, the wild West, because I expect a lot of scores where it's going to be 35 to 32, even as good as the defenses are. But yes, I, I completely agree. I think pure talent wise, this is the best shot cars had to lead a team deep because of what he's been tasked with. Um, back, back to the Chiefs. Raiders. Oh, Salvatore's back with a comment. Austin, the Raiders' offense is only as good. I'll pull it up for everyone. Denzel Good. Raiders that's the name I couldn't think of. Offensive line, which got yes, Denzel Good. I saw that earlier. I remembered yes. the name Good, but I I didn't want to say the first name because I didn't. That's remember their starting it. right guard. That's a huge loss for an offensive line that we've seen ranked through media outlets as low as twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, that's. A big deal, especially with all of these like mercenaries on the edge. It's the Raiders just I'm not gonna call them snake bit and they have Super Bowl championships, but whether it was the group whether it was Antonio Brown, the Henry Rugg stuff, Gruden getting fired, they can't seem to it's one step forward and two steps back. For every good thing that's happening to them, it seems like something's just waiting to happen. So and Derek Carr has not proved that he has great downfield awareness. He gets very stuck in this tunnel vision. Yeah. And if he's not going to have a good offensive line, that's going to be a huge problem. 100%. That's, that's going to be where that's their biggest two problems. How many shootouts are they going to play in? And how much time is Derek Carr going to have? Granted, you could say that about literally any fucking quarterback. But Derek Carr has proved that he doesn't have the best downfield awareness out of everybody. The bi- biggest thing about the Raiders this year completely honestly, and we'll be back on the Chiefs. The Raiders are not going to be bad because of Derek Carr. This will not be a Minnesota Vikings going six and whatever the rest of the record will be because of Kirk Cousins. This will be a Derek Carr is doing everything that he can, but there's an incongruence offensive to defensive wise. Derek Carr cannot be the answer with what the Vegas Raiders are looking for. Derek Carr has been the answer in the past, but they have given him elite defenses. They had Khalil Mack on the other side. They had, uh, I believe Charles Woodson was out there for one of those Derek Carr years as well, right? They had him come back out after Mm -hmm. stints in Green Bay. Like Carr has had help before, but since the injury, they haven't given him the tools or the help necessary to actually have a chance to usurp some of these better teams. And with their offensive line already being the state that it is, with Denzel Good retiring, I like the safeties out there in Jonathan Abram and Trayvon Morig, but I don't trust the cornerbacks and their linebackers aren't the best. Like they have Crosby and Jones. And after that it's their safeties. And I don't trust the rest of that defense. I just want to say Salvatore shout out to you um, and anybody else watching. If you guys want to comment, we'll easily put you up here and, Interacting yeah. with people who are watching is how we make the show, how we have you know better takes and conversations. So, Salvatore, really appreciate you talking with us as well, and thanks for watching. Um, anybody else, feel free, come on, come on in, talk with us. It 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 isn't just us two talking to each other, like yeah. most of the time it is, but 
other perspectives is what makes sports shows go. I believe, you know, yep. you get callers, you get this and that we get chatters. Like that's, that's the way it is. And as you move on to the Kansas city chiefs, I'm going to step away for just a moment. <laughs> okay. Well back to my Kansas city takes. Okay. I'm on the big screen. Back to what I was saying. Um, this Kansas city defense in a way I was super concerned with them losing guys like Tyron Matthew, losing guys in Javarius Ward, losing a guy in Melvin Ingram who provided insane depth on their front line and was a seminal part of their defensive effort, especially in that game against the Buffalo Bills. But what we've seen, especially in this modern NFL, is teams don't rebuild, they retool. And for all the detractors of the Tyreek Hill trade, it has allowed them the ammunition and the uh, ability to draft guys like George Karloftis bringing guys like Trent McDuffie, losing the money off the books of a Tyreek Hill allows them to sign guys like Justin Reed. And even then, Legereus Sneed is good cornerback depth. My biggest thing about this Chiefs defense moving forward is going to be in the linebacking group. Will Nick Bolton, Jermaine Carter Jr., and Willie Gay be enough? And will the depth behind them be enough to be able to help solidify this defense, secondary and front four combined? I do like they got Leo Chanel. I believe he came out of Wisconsin in this year's draft. I like the pickup of Leo Chanel in the draft. The Chiefs have done as well as they can in terms of coming off of the last season's AFC Championship loss, coming out even a little bit better defensively. Offensively, the questions still remain. Do I expect this team to win the division? They have just as good of a shot as anyone, but I'm not going to put them as the division winner at the end of this episode because they still have more questions than the Los Angeles Chargers. And do I think those questions amount to more than the gap between Andy Reid and Brandon Staley? That's really tough to say, but I don't see Brandon Staley's questions being as detrimental as quite possibly if this wide receiver core can't produce. I, it took me a lot to figure out how my division standings were going to work out. Yeah. And in the end, I kind of fall back on the same thing that I always do fall back on. I'm going to pick the chiefs as the division winners. So you are correct. They do have more questions than the chargers. The chargers are the team out of this whole division that has the least amount of questions because they, but they haven't done it. Lot. Right. So they fall she in, they fall good. into the category of they need to prove it. And the chiefs don't have to prove shit to me. The, the Chiefs have to prove me wrong, and the Chargers have to prove me right. That's that's yeah. where I stand. Granted, if I look on paper, the Chargers are the better team. They answered almost every question that you had about last season, and they have all the pieces to turn their close games around into wins and be a 12-13 win team. Yeah, But for me to say Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are not going to win the division is is crazy to me. But I fully yeah. understand as I'm talking with people on Twitter how the Chiefs or the Chargers are going to win the division. I go, yeah, because I, I really don't have evidence to tell you no. Yeah. If you tell me the Chargers are going to win division, I can't tell you, well, they won't win because of this reason. It's yeah. basically, it's pretty much, it's it feels like a coin flip between those two teams. And the problem yeah. is... Denver and Las Vegas also have good cases to win this division. This is yeah. this feels like the NFC West last year. Yeah. 
where every team until, you know, Russ fell apart, that every team could have been at the top and the Rams ended up being the ones at the top. And Arizona was gliding its way through. And the Chiefs had a lot of questions at the start of the season. They got fucked up a few times. And then they showed everybody, oh, by the way, we're the Kansas City Chiefs. We are the powerhouse of this division. We are the powerhouse of the AFC. I think that is the seminal reason why I can confidently pick the Chargers as opposed to the Chiefs. Because the Chiefs struggled for a pretty decent chunk of last season. A concerning chunk of time. I remember us in our weekly uh, game reviews talking about what is going on with Kansas City. And some weeks we picked against them because we're like, I can't bet on Kansas City until they write the ship. They had Tyreek Hill whenever that was going on. Mm -hmm. There is no electric guy besides Kelsey in this offense to game break. And I get it. It's Patrick Mahomes. And they added a guy in the running back room, rookie. Let me find his name real quick. Um, They added a guy. Oh, no, they didn't add a rookie. They added Ronald Jones II, who I think is going to be really good in this offense. CEH could break out this season. But without Tyreek Hill, if it starts going bad, I don't think they have this break glass in case of emergency. Oh, shit. Throw Mm -hmm. it to Tyreek on a slant. The game breaker stuff is going to have to come from somewhere else. And Kelsey is the best possession guy in the tight end group of anybody. He's the best receiving tight end in football. Not all time yet. But Kelsey's that dude, and he has been. But I think that's been helped by Tyreek Hill. You're going to see Travis Kelsey getting double teamed at a higher rate than ever in his career. And if the receiving core can't get with it, it could get really ugly some weeks. Because certain weeks against the Raiders a couple of years back, Tyreek Hill was the difference in winning a game or losing it. Yeah, I feel like a lot of weeks, as good as Mahomes is, Tyreek Hill was effectively the difference. Look at Buffalo in the playoffs. Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah, was this guy. Start. This guy catches the ball ten yards and he's gone in in eighty. Like, that. like yeah, Jamar Chase was amazing last year, but you know who's been doing that for five years? Tyreek Hill. Are you saying Jamar Chase is the next Tyreek Hill? I'm saying Jamar Chase is a fucking supernova. <laughs> the, the amount of talent that guy has in his pinky dwarfs any football aspiration. But there's a reason had. why people say. He, this person's the next Tyree kill. That person's the next Tyree kill. This, this. There's only there, one Tyree kill, and he's caused Tyree problems kill. for a lot of fucking years. And, and, he's, he and when we get, when we get East, to the AFC East, when he, when we get to the AFC East, he's going to be a fucking problem. I don't yeah. care if it's to a tag of Iloa, he's going to be a fucking problem. Yeah, it's. There are there there are a handful of individual receivers throughout the NFL's history that you put on any offense that I think give you a thousand yards in a season. And yes, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, think of like the paint, like Jerry Rice, but there's this elite group of just athletic freaks that your Calvin Johnson's, your Tyreek Hills, your Antonio Browns, where it didn't matter who threw to them because they are just that much better athletically than everybody else around them. AB was just faster Tyreek is just twitchier. Calvin was just bigger. And you can't coach against that. And I think that's the important piece here. Because either Tyreek doesn't produce in Miami. I think there's a far higher chance of Tyreek keep keeping whatever he has going in Miami than there is of Mahomes keeping whatever he had with Tyreek going with one of these other receivers. And that's not a knock against Mahomes as a quarterback. It's just how special Tyreek is as an individual talent. 
but I think yeah. we're at the point where it's just time to rank these teams. And so we want to go four to one. Yeah. What, what are your standings? So for me, I think the way this division plays out, I think we go Vegas at four. I don't think Vegas wins less than seven games. I think they win close to nine. Uh, then I can't pick Denver over Casey. I kind of want to. Denver's three could possibly be two. I think Denver finishes with anywhere between 10 and 12 wins. Um, they have the easiest schedule in the division, according to today's standings of last season's records. Casey finishes second, albeit with 12 wins or such. Um, I have the Chargers winning the division. If the Chargers do win the division, I think they have to win 13 or 14 games. The least amount of games they have to win this season to get the to get their uh, one seed in the division, it has they have to win at least twelve. If they can't get to twelve, they're playing in the wild card spot, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's going to be a hot topic. There are three teams that I think could win ten plus games, even four, including the Raiders. Yeah. If everything goes right, I partially I'm biased. I. I kind of have to pick the Chargers, quote-unquote. But there's no reason they've given me this offseason to not pick them. This is not just me sitting on a high horse saying, bolt up, bolt gang, or don't bang. No, this is – I have put a lot of thought into this this offseason because, yes, Kansas City feels like Thanos. They're, uh, they're, they're the team that you aim for the head on. But for me, it's – in an offseason full of moves, full of questions, the Chargers – have answered every question that I could think of. And as long as the roster stands pat and Brandon Staley is able to, because another big thing for the chargers, Brandon Staley inherited a lot of pieces on this defense that don't fit his scheme. This is his first full off season as the head coach to bring in guys, to bring in his own coaches, bring mm-hmm. in his own draft room. And like I said before, Austin, the offense was insane last year. And if it regresses, so be it. This is the first season since Justin Herbert was in high school that he will be going into the following season with the same offensive coordinator. I repeat, this is his first time since high school that he will have the same offensive coordinator year to year. If that doesn't scream at least stagnation or improvement, I don't know what else will. There's no reason on paper for this team to regress any farther than they did last year. It should be nothing but upward progression. So you and I are pretty much almost almost in the same exact spot. I do have the Raiders finishing last, but nine and eight or ten and seven could easily finish last. Um, I have the Broncos finishing third, either at ten and seven or eleven and six, possibly mm-hmm. possibly nine and eight. They could be in that tiebreaker of the Raiders, and they just happen to finish third. But yeah, I I see them towards there as well. Um, I think that could get them a playoff spot. I have the Chargers in in second at about 12, 12 to 13 wins. Um, I th- believe that they will be the fifth seed. I believe they will be the number one wild card for sure. And then I have the Chiefs winning uh, the division because I just simply cannot pick against the powerhouse so far because even, even last year when we counted them out, they, they, pr- out. they, they proved us all wrong. And I can't, I can't get caught with my pants down again. Well, I I totally agree. And my biggest question for the Chiefs this season going into it is the questions never surrounded the roster and the makeup of the roster. The questions were all performance based. Mm -hmm. 
And now that Tyreek Hill is gone, it's not just going to be about how the team's performing. It's going to be a genuine question of it, of if the receiver room is good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest thing. And as good as Andy Reid has been and as good as Mahomes and Kelsey have been, they've had a top five receiver for the entirety of this run. And yep. you see it with you see it with Cooper Cup, you see it with Devontae Adams, you see it with Mike Evans, whenever you, even Keenan Allen to a certain extent. When you have a top 10 guy at any position, it guarantees you a floor of how good your team will be. We saw it in Buffalo with Stephon Diggs. If you have a top five to ten receiver paired with a good to great quarterback, sometimes even elite, it basically bakes in a win floor of about eight to ten wins. And then the rest of it's just gravy. So I don't think losing Hill drops them to a tier where they're a guaranteed seven or eight. I think they're still close to ten. But I don't know if the upside is there to where I can lock them in for 13 to 14 wins. And also bolt up. So <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to convince you otherwise. The chiefs are a great option at one. Yeah. I just, I need, I need the chargers to give me something this season. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I've, I've sat through far too many seasons of <laughs> lost years. I remember hey man, there was a, all you need and I'll look the camera dead in the eye. All you need is a kicker to make field goals. That's Dustin all Hopkins. you really need. Hopkins did it last year. And if he can continue what he was doing last year, I think it's, I think not destiny, but I think it's going to be at least, at least a competitive divisional round at that. And you know, a little less legal shifts, but we'll get into that another time. Yeah. If we, if we can keep the yellow off the field and the uh, offense is out of the end zone, this is going to be a historic year for the chargers. Fucking Cowboys in a nutshell. Keep the yellow off the fucking field. Tell that to to Micah Parsons and the uh, ghosts. That was the first sack of his career. (laughs) Consider it a gift. We win that game, we're in the playoffs. <laughs> you, know, I, those, I can, you, know, you ever seen the movie Butterfly Effect? <laughs> yeah, literally. I I had uh, nightmares for like two weeks after the season ended. I was like just Texans uniforms in my brain or Daniel Carlson just kicking my head through an upright. It was just it was my fever dreams, dude. They were insane. But oh, we could go on for another two hours about this division, but yeah. We've gotten to the penultimate part where we've ranked them, and I think that's about it until the season starts, guys. Um, Austin, yeah. do you have anything else? Um, as always, thank you for watching, whether you're watching live, whether you're on demand. Um, once again, shout out to Salvatore for throwing some comments in the YouTube and adding to our uh, discussion. If you want to chat with us, we're always we're always here, whether it's live or we're on Twitter. I'm I'm always on Twitter talking shit, so talk shit to me back and. Yeah, for the most part, I can take it. If not, I'll just block you. It's fine. Hey, man, it's all about it's all about mental health. But no, yeah, to everybody that's been <laughs> engaging on the YouTube, uh, we appreciate you being here. We do our best to get here every week, and your guys' opinions are important because the genuine part about sports discourse is it's the amalgamation of everyone's tastes. I don't just believe in the Chargers. I'm a Chargers fan. I've heard plenty of things over the offseason. I've read things myself. We're all a part of the greater opinion that is sports debate. So thank you to Salvatore. John, I'm sorry we didn't get to your question tonight, but we appreciate you being here. Um, but yeah, no, uh, that's about it for me, Austin. If you got nothing left, I think it's time to leave him with the final word of the day. 
Yeah, next week we'll be back. Uh, we started a little earlier today. We thought we were going to have a guest, um, but ultimately they had an emergency. Um, person knows who they are, so our prayers are with you um, yes. for, your, for any issues you might be having in life. But we will get that person back on soon. Um, next week we'll be heading up north. We're going to start with the NFC North. The Aaron Rodgers uh, town of fun is where we will be heading. We will start with the NFC First. North. First ever starting quarterback slash team owner, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so yeah, but next no, week that... we, we'll we'll get to the NFC North. We'll be here uh, at six thirty Pacific time, nine thirty Eastern time. We know all you crazy kids out in the Eastern time zone. We go a little too late for you guys, but that's okay. Yeah. We'll, we're always here on demand. We're always here on the Twitter world. Tweet at us, yell at us, call us idiots, do whatever the hell you want. Hey man. Catch us on Twitter at TMSM Podcast. Also follow us on YouTube. We have our YouTube as TMSM Podcast, and we'd be happy to have you. And if you don't like YouTube, you don't like video formats, just search the Makeshift Managers Podcast on Spotify, and you can find the full catalog of episodes dating back all the way to early this year. So as always, from Austin and myself, we thank you for tuning in. And uh, until next week, peace.